Hello, I am Marowak. This is Omtown over there, omtown.com, and this is the Omtown Daily News Show. Uh, today is October 29th, 2022, and this is episode, I think we're at 303? 302. 302. Um, if you're familiar with the show, normally I throw uh, they are now pretty much not being seen in the chat. Well, that is the way it is. Um, they're now over at hometown.showbot.tv. You can see them all. Uh, click on them. Go over there. Check it out. Uh, come on back. Chat with me uh, about the news that you see. And um, you can vote up articles that you think are interesting. And I'll keep it in mind when I'm parsing the news. Um, I aggregate news for me and for anybody who goes over to hometown.com. I'm going to be doing some really big construction here shortly. Um, so if there are slowdowns or uh, out of service kind of um, dead pages, let me know. Um, or just hang out because it'll get remedied. Uh, but I am uh, going to be making a big change to um, the site's back end. It is what it is. I got to get it done. Uh, Omtown is always under construction and I need to make some uh, serious changes to speed it up. Uh, that said, I've already selected all of the articles for today. I'm going to rip through them. Um, I've got an appointment that I need to attend. Unfortunately, I have to triage my days, even the weekends. And uh, Mayor Watt is always on the clock. Um, I have a whole town of people. Uh, that are my boss so let's get into the news and maybe we can change that dynamic huh maybe i can spend more time here uh, in hometown uh, on twitch that would be wonderful i would love it that said let's get into the first article and that first article is pallet is making 7500 prefab tiny homes that can be set up in an hour to help solve the homelessness crisis let's go take a look inside a washington village um, Washington-based Pallet is building prefab tiny homes to provide shelter to people who are uh, unhoused. Its smallest $7,500 64-square-foot unit, Pallet 64, is now being used in villages across the U.S. Uh, by the way, that's actually bigger than some New York apartments um, that I've talked about uh, where they are paying close to $4,500 for that 64 square feet per month. Um, I talked about it in a previous episode. I'm not even sure which one it was, um, but it's out there. Look back, go seek and ye shall find. Um, bigger isn't always better, according to the rising interest in uh, tiny homes. By the way, tiny homes are kind of a different classification of mortgage. Um, it, <laughs> they don't quite rise to the level of a mortgage because they're usually somewhere around the $25,000, $75,000 range on the really high end. Um, and mortgage rates right now are sitting somewhere around 7.8 for the average, um, the average um, credit score here in the United States. It's different in the EU, so it's hard for me to talk about it. Uh, I'm not that familiar with the process. Um, but it's not the same kind of credit scoring process here in the U.S. that than uh, what's in the EU. 
Um, and I really don't know about elsewhere. So if somebody is interested in that kind of thing, come on, come and talk to me. Um, so a new frontier tiny home designed by David Latimer um, is what we're apparently going to go and take a look at. So this is what it looks like. Ta-da! Uh, Brittany Chang is the author of this. And um, $7,500 gets you 64, uh, 64 square feet. And uh, that's what it looks like. That's pretty neat. You know, it can be plopped anywhere. I, I really like indoor plumbing. Um, and uh, this will probably not have that. It would probably be a composting toilet. Um, I don't think that they normally connect uh, tiny homes to um, like septic tanks and stuff like that. So these are all pretty neat. The 114 Mountain View Avenue Tiny Home in Santa Cruz, California. Um, the public's love for this minimalist style was so high, a 330 square foot home in Santa Cruz, California sold for over $1 million in 2021. Despite what you see on social media, tiny homes aren't just reserved for the wealthy influencers, people with large backyards or hospitality companies. I'm not sure why anybody would think that. I don't think social media even says that. There's so many. It's such a diverse population, including me. Um, I'm interested in a tiny home. No particular reason. I just like the idea of a tiny home. Uh, and I am nor <laughs> neither uh, wealthy, uh, influencer, uh, person with a large backyard. In fact, mine is actually pretty small, and I'm not in hospitality. But anyway, you, you go, Brittany. Um, now they're being used to house those who need it the most, people without homes. That's great. Um, over the last several years, tiny home villages that shelter people until they can find long-term housing have been popping up across the U.S. with the help of government funding and nonprofits. Indeed, I think it's a great thing uh, because people need a job. And to get a job, they typically need a place and address and some identification so that they can be processed properly by HR and without a home, it's really tough to, to get by. So hopefully this will change the dynamic. Uh, good on pallet for making this possible at a home for $7,500. You can't get much cheaper than that. Um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So let's get a little bit closer. I, I'm sure that a lot of people may say, well, this isn't that much. It's not, you know, it's, it's 64 square feet. That's just one version of it, but you know, it has outlets and, oh, sorry. It has outlets and air conditioning, uh, lighting, of course, a small refrigerator. doesn't look like it has much of a sink or indoor plumbing. Um, but it says nonprofit Hope for the Valley, Hope of the Valley Rescue Mission has also been using pallet shelters to create colorful multi-million dollar tiny home villages throughout Los Angeles, which is what's being shown in this picture. And the pallet-based villages also provide occupants with meals, bathrooms, showers, and social services like substance abuse treatment. Um, and I might, I'm not sure what all of the articles are that I um, gathered today. Uh, but I, I grabbed a pretty broad swath. Um, as you can see, they've got like portable showers and, and things like that. So it's definitely just a place to kind of 
Well, for some, it's their home, and for others, it might be hostels or something similar to that. Um, I've gone through something uh, n not involuntarily. It was something that I um, wanted to do when I went in it, went to Europe, and uh, ended up in a hostel for a short period of time. Um, so if it's managed right, then everything is always hunky-dory. I mean, it's not a big deal to do this. Uh, and I did it in a country that got really cold <laughs> during this time. So um, it was interesting. But uh, some people, they have to... This is what the only option is. So I'm glad that somebody is making it possible. These structures can't be built overnight or... It says here, but these structures can't be built overnight or assembled in an hour like pallets can. So these are different structures, um, but these pallets can be built in short order. Um, and obviously it's just the basics. So let's go on to the next article. And if you're just now landing into hometown, um, if you go to hometown.showbot.tv, you'll get all of the articles that I'm going to discuss today. Um, and you can uh, browse ahead and uh, take a look, come back and chat with me. I'll be here for an hour talking about this material. Um, and then I bow out and let you go about your day. Happy to discuss whatever topics that you might have on your mind. doesn't necessarily have to be the news that I'm talking about here. Uh, but I don't post the articles in the chat anymore. Um, I used to, but now I just ask people to do exclamation point showbot and that'll give you a url which is hometown.showbot.tv and then you can go over to that and take a look and vote up articles that you find interesting um so it says here now i'm gonna preface this with the fact that i have direct experience with this movie when i was younger um and it is one of the few movies that freak me out to this day. I guess uh, everybody has baggage and mine is in the shape of the Prince of Darkness. Uh, audiences are still discovering John Carpenter's cult classic Prince of Darkness 35 years later. Halloween creator John Carpenter has directed many cult favorites. One of them Prince of Darkness, which turned 35 this month. I will go and buy this just so that I can watch it again. Um, I'll tell you a little story. So I was watching Prince of Darkness way back, getting the way back machine with me. And um, yeah, so I'm sitting there watching this movie in the dark of night, all alone. Like everything is just still and perfect for watching a scary movie. And I was getting into this scary movie because it really is a scary movie. Um, and right at the peak <laughs> where something's about to happen, um, I decided that I was going to close the door that was right next to where the TV was positioned um, on the mantle of a fireplace. And there was a door uh, just to, you know, my left of it. So I decided that I was going to go and uh, close this door and the air pressure changed and slammed that door shut. And that's when I decided this was going to be baggage for me for the next 35 years. I didn't watch it when it first dropped. So let's just say 35 years has gone by. Um, at any rate, 
scary movie to me, probably still scary. Um, Exorcist level kind of. Some people might giggle at Exorcist, but uh, when you watched it when you're young, it scared you. So this article is by Mike Calia, I guess his last name is. It might be Salia. I'm not sure. Um, over at CNBC. Uh, when it was aggregated, it got aggregated into my Hatch Ideas channel, which is about business, probably because it came from CNBC. And my aggregator saw that and said, eh, let's throw it in CNBC. Anyway, um, shock rocker Alice Cooper also weighed in on the indelible dialogue free turn as a murderous street person who's under the influence of Satan. Yeah, it was a pretty scary movie. Um, He's the creative force behind spooky season classics like The Fog, Christine, The Thing, The Thing I just rebought um, in iTunes, uh, uh, <laughs> even though I have it on DVD and other places. Um, a lucrative new trilogy of Halloween sequels to his 1978 original just wrapped up in Halloween Ends, which Carpenter helped score and executive produce. He and his spouse, the writer and producer, Sandy King Carpenter, oversee Storm King Comics, which just turned 10 and frozen uh, and features uh, dozens of horror and science fiction titles, including special releases each year for Halloween. And that is why this is even in here, uh, because, well, it's Halloween still. Have a good spooky weekend. They have this section here called Liquid Assets. Prince of Darkness tells the story of how Satan uh, in the form of a demonic green liquid breaks out of his canister slash prison in the bowels of a Catholic church in Los Angeles. I really want to leave it alone <laughs> right there uh, because that's pretty much uh, what was said in the past um, about it. I do not want to give anything away. So if you are interested in reading more about this, then follow the link that's in the show bot and uh, check it out. Um, otherwise, um, rest assured, I've watched it for you so you don't have to. Uh, the next article is in the Hatch Ideas channel as well. That's because it's sourced from Business Insider. AOC said the U.S. is experiencing fascism and voter intimidation that mimics the Jim Crow era. I agree. Um, as the midterms approach, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, oh, Ocasio, pardon me, Ocasio-Cortez, um, said Americans must strongly defend democracy in the U.S. Federal uh, officials warned that threats of violence may rise due to perceptions of election-related fraud, which has never been proven. Court after court after court has shown that there isn't any fraud. It's all in sociopaths' heads um, who apparently don't like whatever is going on, and they think that by ushering in fascism with a rah-rah, um, they're going to get a bite at the apple when look around folks, you're not getting filthy rich. Like the people that are controlling government and you're what, what you're watching happen is a theocratic fascist plutocracy forming, but uh, Katie Belovic over at business insider wrote this article and it has AOC splashed on the picture of the article. Um, and yeah, so you look around and you're going to find people that are armed to the teeth, uh, covering up their license plate and their face, but recording all of the people who are coming and voting. Um, and while 
apparently you can carry a gun around um, and have no problems with that. You're not allowed to um, show your face while you're recording everybody else who's operating in good faith. <clears throat> I don't know, a little bit of scumbaggery there. Um, and out in public, there is no privacy, right? Um, unless you're sitting in a bathroom in your, or your own home and you're alone, there is no presumption of privacy. You can have a conversation out in the middle of nowhere. People can overhear it. Some states, you can even record it. I can take your picture all day long. I just can't sell it or make money or utilize it in some way that makes me uh, a rights holder to your identity. And a plethora of other things. I mean, there's so many other things. Uh, but apparently, uh, th these people believe that it's okay to record people and to show up and don't try to pretend that showing up with guns isn't something remotely threatening because if somebody else shows up without guns, it's not like the person with the gun is feeling threatened. Anyway, it's an environment of fascism, except that a lot of people have it wrongheaded. A lot of people have it wrongheaded, and I would probably guess that they are sociopaths. Um, the kind of th sociopaths that say on Twitter that somebody's daughter <laughs> tweeted mean things to me when I was attacked by a neighbor for being a D-bag, um, yet elicit that daughter's action when saying that her dad getting hit in the head with a hammer while the assailant is sitting there saying, where's your wife? Yeah, it equals the same thing, apparently. Rand Paul, you sociopath. Yet another. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Opinions aside, tweeting out something like that is just horrible human compassion there. Lack of compassion. Um, one of the signs, by the way. One of the signs. The next article is uh, uh, titled, Federal Judge Rules in Favor of Bikini Baristas Over Dress. A Washington City's dress code ordinance says bikini baristas must cover their bodies at work has been ruled unconstitutional by a federal court. This is the stuff that people are challenging. Um, Everett, Washington, a Washington city's dress code ordinance saying that bikini baristas must cover their bodies at work has been ruled unconstitutional by a federal court. The decision in a partial summary judgment this week comes after a lengthy battle between bikini baristas and the city of Everett over the rights of workers to wear what they want. The Everett Herald reported, Everett is about 30 miles north of Seattle. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of things that are 30 miles north of Seattle. This is an AP article, by the way, over at abcnews.go.com, uh, just to make it really easy to find. Um, it's difficult to imagine the court wrote how the ordinance would be equally applied to men and women in practice because it prohibits clothing typically worn by women rather than men, including midriff and scoop back shirts, as well as bikinis. I'm going to go and work there in a bikini. I've been 
telling people in streams that I wear a gold thong. I don't, but other than people who are listening to this, they would never know. Yet what's going on below this, right? Am I even human? This could be an AI. This could be, I could be a VTuber. It's just ultra realistic. Part of my reality hacker program. You've no idea if this is legit. This could just be really good code. Bikini baristas were clearly a target of the ordinance. The court also ruled, adding that the profession is comprised of a workforce that is almost entirely women. Well, bikini baristas. Not many men wear bikinis. But an ordinance limiting one... Well, it should be struck down. It needs to be equally applied to all people. In 2017, the city enacted its dress code ordinance requiring all employees, owners, and operators of quick service facilities to wear clothing that covers the upper body and lower body. The ordinance listed uh, coffee stands, fast food restaurants, delis, food trucks, and coffee shops as examples of quick service businesses. And <laughs> uh, it's actually called the owner of, sorry, of ever of Everett Bikini Barista Stand, Hillbilly Hotties, and some employees filed a legal complaint challenging the, or the constitutionality of the dress code ordinance, and they also challenged the city's lewd con conduct ordinance, uh, but the court dismissed all the baristas' claims, but the dress code question, okay. So, they're not allowed to be lewd. They can't say things like, you want your effing coffee hot in a bikini, um, but they can probably say, do you want your effing coffee hot in a suit? Maybe. Maybe somebody would complain. I'm not sure. But this is enacted. This is a, a legislation that is passed by olds, you know, people that are like the, the owners of the city. And you're not going to change the culture of my city next article is 15 billionaires who have seen their net worth drop the most this year this is in the hatch ideas channel it was sourced from business insider i'm just going to go straight over to it because i've been kind of soapboxing a lot um and i actually have to get out of here shortly um hannah tui over at business insider is the author of this article um obviously it's oh well it says the world's ri uh, 10 richest collectively lost almost a quarter of a trillion dollars year to date. Oh my gosh. Think of the billionaires. So if you're, if you have so much money invested that the machinations of the entirety of the economy, um, global economy really is impacted, then you could probably afford to take the hit, but if you have some money stashed away somewhere in a fund and it's so risky that it is being decimated by this, by this, the economic machinations to date, um, come and talk to me about it. Like, I'm really curious who did the investment, where it was invested. Uh, but I, I really doubt that you're losing as much. But also, 
I'm compassionate enough to understand that losing a, a even an approximate amount of money when you don't have a ton of it, um, yeah, it it hurts, it does. Um, but these people <laughs> have so much money invested that their money begets money, whereas in short order it, they make more money than your entire investment portfolio. They make it in a minute. For you, it takes you a year. Anybody who's listening to this, I really doubt that their portfolio even brushes up against anything close to being the lowest person on the totem pole of wealth of billionaires. If you are, please come and talk to me. I have questions. Um, it's part of a, a research study that I'm actually doing. So let's talk. So Mark Zuckerberg lost $87 billion. Binance CEO lost $72.6 billion. Uh, couldn't possibly because of Binance. Tesla here showing everybody where his receding hairline used to be, $66.4 billion. Um, I don't know, Did he, I don't remember him having a, I don't know what he had for a hairline, but anyway. I'll rephrase uh, this is Elon saying where his receding hairline will end up or uh, oh my god somebody else is pregnant uh, <clears throat> uh, oh my god I really did buy I, I really did buy Twitter um, what else I don't know oh no there's so many things I'm sorry and, and uh, I'm supposed to be fighting vitriolic discussion but i'm trying to be funny at the same time amazon uh, founder jeff bezos 65.7 billion but amazon is selling so much in terms of chinese goods now that you can't even filter out uh, anything higher quality even if it is chinese made in high quality <laughs> um, it's really tough to find out the authentic manufacturer. I would love to verify who the manufacturer is, like the actual producer of the item. Because I've got, I've got at least, well, I've got more than one, but I've got um, a product right there that says that it is one thing, but it does not have the controls in place that the manufacturer says should be there. Um, and for the podcast people who are listening to this via podcast, if they are, I don't know. Um, it seemed to slow down. I'm not sure why. Um, anyway, the uh, I'm pointing at a USB um, what you call it hub. Sorry, gosh. Uh, Google co-founder Larry Page, 39.2 billion. Apparently, this is what they've lost. CEO of LVMH, Bernard Arnault, 38.2. All of these people are smiling because they have billions of dollars, folks. Mackenzie Scott is a philanthropist. Her ex-husband is Jeff Bezos. L'Oreal heiress, Francois Betancourt Myers, $30.7 billion. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates, $27.3 billion lost. And it goes on. There's more. These are all billions of dollars that are lost. And um, 
you know, my campaign, my compassion is meted out based on the good that they do and the real suffering that any of these people will ever feel. None of them have ever felt any suffering. Um, anyway, they've witnessed it, but maybe compassion by proxy, except for the philanthropist that may have come from meager beginnings. I'm not sure. I've never looked into her. Anyway, Breaking Prose is the source of the next article. Best sci-fi books of all time. Top 50 of 2022 and all time. Um, this is over at ProWritingAid.com. If you're a writer, if you are interested in writing, then go over to ProWritingAid.com. They don't have an agreement with me or anything like that. I just value the resources. Um, they've got a lot of materials. My aggregator uh, grabbed this because I think something was updated, but it was originally published on October 13th. And Hannah Yang is the author of this. And um, yeah, they have this list. 15 of the best sci-fi books of 2022. Uh, Desolation called Peace. Arcady Martin is the author. Sea of Tranquility. Emily St. John Mandel or Mandel um, is uh, number two. Eyes of the Void. Adrian Tchaikovsky. How High We Go in the Dark, Sequoia Nagamatsu, A Prayer for Crown Shy, Becky Chambers. I've never read any of these, really. Candy House, but I listen to Audible more than anything nowadays. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I'm usually it's research papers and stuff like that that I'm reading. Um, so uh, The Candy House, School of Good Mothers, these are all books that are part of the 15 best for 2022 sci-fi books. There's a lot more over at this article. Um, so again, go over to hometown.showbot.tv and check out the articles. They'll be there for the next 24 hours. Um, and they'll be part of the show notes here on Twitch and over on YouTube and in the podcast. Um, and you can get the podcast wherever it exists. Like if you do a search anywhere for our podcast, um, and you search for hometown, you'll probably find hometown. Uh, let me know if you don't. So the best sci-fi books of all time. It says now it's time to look at some of the best sci-fi books of all time. These classics have been beloved for generations. The Left Hand of Darkness is number one. 1984 is number two. The Hitchhiker's Guide is number three. Uh, number four is Ender's Game. Then Dune. <clears throat> Fahrenheit 451. It goes on. Brave New World. This is all like standard fare. Animal Farm. Foundation. Neuromancer. If you haven't watched on Prime, uh, the peripheral, um, it is a riff in the um, cyberpunk genre um, written by William Gibson as a, as a book. And I've, I've been listening to it as an audible um, and it is a, a series over on Prime, uh, which I think is great. Um, you know, others might have a different opinion, but come and talk to me about it. I'd love to hear your opinion. Let's move on to the next article. Why is that scroll down there? Um, it's in the mobile channel. Oil companies rake in huge profits amid consumer squeeze. This is something that I've been talking about for, uh, the, well, here on Twitch and, and in the podcast since January 1st of 2022, uh, but elsewhere for the last um, probably decade and a half. 
Uh, Zach Budrick is the author of this for The Hill. Oil companies rake in huge profits amid consumer squeeze. Um, true. Um, with every uh, beep fart and whistle that comes down the line from OPEC and everywhere else, uh, excuses are made to keep the margin high um, for the stockholders uh, while the stakeholders uh, suffer across the board. Um, but the C-suite and the stockholders are making bank and the employees not so much, not unless they get profit share, um, which probably is not taking place. Anyway, Shell, meanwhile, announced profits of $9.5 billion for the quarter, the quarter, the previous day. ExxonMobil, beating analyst projections by $4 billion to rake in $17.9 billion. Yeah, folks. While we're trending towards recession, while inflation is increasing, while some serious manipulation of the unemployment figures has to be taking place considering people aren't jumping into jobs uh you know regularly and at least well i don't know when i say i don't see it it's anecdotal depending on where you get your numbers from it's not uh, but i can say right now that uh, i don't really believe these numbers um, but inflation is still coming. Recession's on the other side. In uh, mid-23, I think we're going to actually get full-blown recession. Um, but people are playing with the numbers right now, and billionaires are playing with these numbers. Uh, mega corporations are playing the numbers. Uh, they will do what is necessary to mitigate the immediacy of the recession. Uh, but at some point, the profiteering demand is going to get to the point where it's untenable and we will get into a recession and the middle class is going to suffer the most uh, but go over and read that article it's it's right there on the hill oil companies rake in huge profits amid consumer squeeze just do a search um, this next article is um, in the hedge ideas channel it's sourced from businessinsider.com it's titled I sailed on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest $1.1 billion ship with a go-kart track and 10-story slide. See why it was the first cruise that this author ever liked. I'm just going to go straight over to it. I won't read the little caption. This is in the businessinsider.com uh, website uh, by Brittany Chang, uh, who's the author of it. Uh, they were invited to attend the inaugural sailing of Norwegian Cruise Line's newest Prima cruise ship. They're a cruise ship, uh, sorry, apparently the author, Brittany Chang, is a cruise ship cynic, but shocked to say that genuinely enjoyed their time aboard the Norwegian Prima. Great food, family-friendly activities, impressive live entertainment kept them amused all four nights. Um, $1.1 billion for this cruise ship. Um, let's see how fast it's forced to sit out at sea because it's got COVID running rampant through it. During his um, round trip four night inaugural sailing from New York City to Halifax, Nova Scotia in early October. Um, despite being a cruise cynic, they liked it. Got a wave water slide. All right. Let's see here. 
Wow, it looks like a mall inside. It's quite fascinating. Um, the idea of being seasick, bored, and stuck on a cruise ship for several days is far from appealing, and they've been fairly public about it. That's why they're a cruise ship cynic. In December 2021, they announced a cruise lifestyle was not for them after they were invited to attend a two-night naming ceremony of Celebrity Cruise's then-new Celebrity Apex, which is built to target an older demographic. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Um, so they got gambling on board. They got this huge slide. Um, Multi-generational travelers and families. And uh, it's interesting. It's got a go-kart track in inside the ship. Quite fascinating. There were still sections of the cruise ship dedicated to travelers of specific ages. So like a little food truck kind of a thing set inside uh, the ship itself. Pretty neat. No, I mean, it, it's great. It's it's basically if you are a writing writer, this would be a great um, kind of foundational uh, source material for creating a world built around ships that are sailing around the world. Um, the premise for it is something else. That's up to you. I won't give you any more ideas. I get paid for that kind of stuff. Come on. Anyway, all kinds of stuff to do on this ship. It looks huge. Um, looks like they've got VR options. Uh, racing games, all kinds of stuff. A huge arcade, physical arcade. Not just a tiny little arcade either. Um, Pretty neat. Okay, so there's a whole lot more over at this article. I cannot go through it all. Um, the next article is in the Smack Talk channel. Um, it's sourced from appleinsider.com. The best home kit motion sensors to add to a smart home. Um, I am interested in a smart home, so I like having uh, things like motion sensors um, and speakers, home kit, security systems, etc., etc. Um, and not everything is hooked into the same thing. Uh, maybe that's giving away too much, but Charles Martin is the author of this article over at Apple Insider and um, has a, a list of some interesting things to go and purchase. By the way, there's a new, not a new, it's new to me, uh, a newer Apple TV 4K that is thinner um, and more powerful than the previous generation. That, kind of like the no shit news but um, I haven't upgraded mine for a while and I found out about it because um, well I probably had heard about it and then just like <laughs> let it walk away um, and stop paying attention but um, it there was a an article where it said that the newer version of the Apple 4k was on sale and it was the older one was on sale for 99 bucks not bad well now apparently it's 149 dollars anyway you should get phillips hue bulbs and motion sensors and things like that um, that's what i've been using um, there's an eve motion sensor as well um, a caro motion sensor is another option but it's kind of bulky um, at least to me, but it says that it works with its own hub as well as any Zigbee 3.0 hubs. Um, and then the Onvis 
a smart home motion sensor and that's another one that uh, looks bigger um, than the hue sensor and the hue sensor um, can be put anywhere has a little uh, magnetic mount um, depending on the manufacturer that mount changes uh, of course and uh, the prices range from like $25 on up to $50 it's it's really up to you to decide what your budget is and then there's the UFI or UFI um, security motion sensor I've I don't think I've ever heard anybody pronounce the word uh, for the manufacturer but it's a security motion sensor uh, requires a home base hub to work uh, but does support home kit like all of these do and apparently a lithium-ion battery will last for two years of typical use and offers a hundred degree detection field up to 30 feet and uh, the sensor features a sensitivity dial that can be turned up or down to detect adults but ignore smaller beings like children or pets if desired according to the author and the Fibro USA FGBHMS-001 motion sensor. I'm not sure why the actual model was included in this, but I guess it says it's a multi-sensor and it looks like it's a blue eye of Sauron. It's 50 bucks. Offers motion, light intensity, temperature sensing, and even a built-in accelerometer to prevent tampering. Note the H in the model number, since an identical model is sold with a similar model number, but not HomeKit compatible. So that's why they have the FGBHMS-001. Yeah, it's like a blue-eyed Eye of Sauron. That's kind of creepy. Man, I am just knocking out any potential sponsors. Okay, well, that's it for today. Um, we're looking at a somewhat shorter show, uh, but this has been the Hometown Daily News Show for October 29th, 2022. Again, I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. Go over there, sign up. Um, big changes are coming. I'm not sure how fast I'll be able to deliver them, though. Um, I know that uh, there will be some slowdown uh, as I work on something in the back end. So thanks a lot. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.